Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Yankee Stadium in New York. It's the New York Yankees 4, the Cleveland Guardians 2. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And you know what? The outcome isn't what we wanted, but I think the pitching matchup between Tanner Bybee and Garrett Cole kind of is what we wanted. It, it was kind of a duel of aces, which is strange to say for someone as you know, young and new to the game as Bybee is, but... Man, when when he steps out on that mound, I I don't know about you, but I expect some sparks. I expect some good things. I expect some strikeouts. I expect a really competitive game from the Guardians with Tanner Bybee out there, and that's what we got. Uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, he ends up with a no decision, but uh, you know, left the game with the Guardians in a chance to win. Uh, you know, Karinchek allows that inherited run to score. But, uh, you know, he leaves the game. The Guardians have the lead. So, uh, you know, Bybee does his job. Pitches into the sixth inning. Uh, so, it was a competitive battle between someone who's been at ace level for a long time and someone who's brand new to the game. The other thing is similar style pitchers, it feels like. Eh? Now, I'm sure someone could do a detailed analysis of Garrett Cole and Tanner Bybee and tell me, no, they're nothing alike. But at least tonight, I thought they both were were working the fastball. And that's really like we can get we're gonna get into the details of what actually happened, but the storyline of the game for me was fastball usage, was high fastballs. You know, looking at the illustrator, I guess it felt like it more in the game action. I guess there were more kind of outside edge fastballs uh, from these right-handed pitchers. But a lot of spotting fastballs, of blowing fastballs past people, uh, especially from Garrett Cole, especially from him. My God, uh, the fastball usage. So that, so that's why... I don't know if their mechanics are similar. Like I, I didn't slow it down. I didn't do a, you know, an overlay like Pitching Ninja would do. The game just ended. I'm recording this at night before going to bed, and uh, it did seem like the fastball though was key to both pitchers, and so that's that's kind of why they were giving me vibes of each other, right? Uh, being able to spot that fastball, throwing it high in the zone. Uh, Fangraphs did a uh, interview recently with Bybee, uh, talking about his pitches, how he likes to use his pitches, with the grips he likes to use. Uh, I tweeted, uh, I think I quote tweeted it out. So if you're interested in reading it, go check it out because it, it is really cool to get into one of these guys' head a little bit. You know, and Fangraphs and Pitching Ninja, he has ac- they have access to these kind of things, right? They can ask him these kind of questions. The grip they use on a curveball or something like that. Uh, what kind of spin they're trying to get on the ball. Uh, versus honestly, what kind of spin they they just they're okay with they accept uh, on the ball. So I thought it was interesting. And Bybee talked about how he likes to ride that fastball, let it ride, throw it up in the zone. Uh, which when you have a slider and a, you know off speed stuff like he does, you understand why it's a great combination. That high fastball, Garrett Cole was doing it all night to us. So yeah, the fastball is the storyline of the game. Now, the what actually happened in the game is the Guardians jump on him in the third inning, second time through the lineup. They jump out to a two nothing lead. 
Bybee holds that lead for a long time. Five shutout innings. At one point, he put down, I think, 10 in a row at least. And then in the sixth inning, yeah, they a couple of big extra base hits, a solo home run and a double, uh, tie the game up. Uh, the double would be the tying run. Rizzo would drive him in with a single. So they tie it up in the sixth, and you know it becomes a no decision for Bybee. And then they go on to add runs in the seventh and the eighth off Karinchek and Eli Morgan, who gives up his first run of the season. And even those, even those, the relief pitchers, the storyline is still high fastballs. The single that Karinchek gives up to Rizzo is a high fastball at the top of the zone, and Rizzo is such a such a large human being that it wasn't too high for him. He just shoots it out. As a single. Uh, and then Eli Morgan, same thing, misses high and away. And uh, who did it? Le- who got the RBI on that one? LeMayhew ends up shooting it out into right field. Rides it the opposite way. A fastball high and away. Uh, so high fastballs affect not only the starters here, but affect our two bullpen guys and the two runs that they give up. Uh, you know, that run that Karen checked, the Rizzo RBI actually is an inherited run. So it's credited to Bibby. Um, and then Karinczak does give up the solo home run. But two solo home runs from the Yankees. Uh, guys that are not home run hitters. I mean, really for them. Willie Calhoun and um, Volpe's young. I mean, who knows what Volpe's going to turn into. He he could be a power hitting shortstop by the time it's all said and done. Uh, so yeah. So two guys you wouldn't expect in the Yankees lineup get home runs. They use that short porch in right field. Uh, Volpe's... Uh, uh, Calhoun's was more of a home run than Volpe's. Calhoun's, they say, on StatCast would have been home run in 13 out of 30 ballparks. It has 670 expected batting average. Uh, it went 370 out there to right field. Uh, Volpe's would only have been a home run in 6 out of 30 ballparks. It only went 345, only had a 210 expected batting average. So, yeah, Volpe used the Yankees' short portion right field to his advantage. Uh, the broadcasters literally talked about it in the highlight. Like they, they literally called it out that he's learning to use the short porch in right field. Uh, coincidentally, six out of 30 ballparks includes progressive field. This would have been a home run even if we were playing at home. I don't know if it's, you know, our, our, our right field fence isn't that short. Uh, maybe it's the height, literally the height of the fence. Because, uh, you know, it's not that high of a wall in right field. Allows this ball to get out. Uh, but it would have been a home run in progressive field too. So, uh, yeah, so some solo home runs do hurt us. We don't have that. We don't have any home runs. We don't. We're not hitting home runs right now, uh, and that's we're kind of paying for it. We pay for it in this one. Two solo home runs are the difference, right? They manufacture two runs. We manufacture two runs, but they're able to hit two out to that short porch. So uh, yeah, but the high fastballs. Uh, let me dig into this for a second. Let me dig in, and you'll see. Um, going over to the player breakdown here. Uh, the four-seam fastball was the most effective uh, pitch for uh, Bybee when it comes to whiff rate. Uh, he got five whiffs on that. Not a high percentage because they swung 28 times. Uh, six called strikes on it as well. He used it 52% of the time. He said in an ideal world he'd throw the fastball about 50% of the time. Then the slider, then the curve and change. That's exactly what he did here. However, they were able to uh, they were able to hit the fastball a little bit off him. Ninety three point six average exit velocity on ten fastballs put in play. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, it wasn't as effective for him as Garrett Cole on the other side. Garrett Cole had seven whiffs on thirty swings, but fourteen called strikes on that four seam fastball, 
We're only able to put seven of them in play at an 86.6 average exit velocity. On 30 swings, only seven are put in play. Uh, So we did struggle once again against a fastball pitcher. Now going over to the illustrator here, this is where we can really have fun with it. Looking at the uh, strikeouts, uh, Bybee does mix in some slider strikeouts. His two fastball strikeouts aren't at the top of the zone, but they are kind of above the belt and on the outside edge of the plate to right-handed hitters. He exclusively struck out right-handed hitters on the day. Garrett Cole, all eight of his strikeouts come via the fastball. To the right-handed batters, uh, he's got two at the top of the zone. He gets Ahmed Rosario high and tight. He gets Mike Zanino swinging through a, uh, a high fastball. And then he's got a couple of stared-at strikes uh, on the outside edge of the plate, low in a way, but paints against uh, Zanino. Uh, he was pissed about that one in the second inning. Uh, gets Miles Straw looking on a called strike three in the second inning. And uh, gets Zanino again on a called strike in the third inning to end the rally in the third inning. So Zanino was really struggling picking up Garakol's fastball. And then against the left-handed batters, um, he goes high against the lefties. He actually blows Josh Naylor uh, right down the middle, frankly, uh, in the first inning. On a 1-2 count, this is a fastball right down the pipe, and Naylor swings through it. Uh, he gets Will Brennan up and away on a 97-mile-per-hour fastball in 0-2 count that freezes him for a called strike. He gets Andres Jimenez to expand the zone on a 2-2, pit, 2-2 count in the sixth inning for a strikeout up above the shoulder. So, We've talked about Andres Jimenez before. You know I'm a huge Jimenez fan, but he really is expanding his zone uh, this season and chasing some pitches. So high fastballs and just fastballs in general, all eight strikeouts via the fastball for Garrett Cole. Now that also, uh, you know, not only was it strikeouts, but again, uh, runs, uh, batted balls for runs, again, the fastball would play a role here. Uh, the home run given up to Volpe was a fastball middle away uh, that he rides out to right field. The single to Rizzo, like I said, a high fastball. The single from DJ LeMahieu, Eli Morgan gives up a high and away fastball. Uh, and then Garrett Cole on the other side, it is a fastball that Naylor is able to hit for the big RBI double. Uh, in the third inning on a 3-2 count, he tries to come in with a fastball and hit that inside corner, and he pulls it down the right field line. So he missed the one middle of the plate, but he is able to get this one. Josh Naylor does get a little revenge on that fastball uh, and drive it that way. So like you can see, the fastball, uh, you know, especially high in the zone, played a huge role. Uh, as far as swinging strikes go, uh, Garrett Cole's got four swinging strikes on fastballs all up above the zone. Uh, Tanner Bybee's got one at the top of the zone and two others above the belt. Uh, they were the two strikeouts. Uh, Trevino on the outside edge. and uh, Oh, no, they weren't the two strikeouts. I apologize. Uh, he got Trevino on a 2-2 count uh, on the outside edge, a swinging strike. But Volpe's was on a 1-0 count in the first inning. But that's more middle of the plate. Bybee didn't go up and get those high uh, fastballs as much as Garrett Cole did. Uh, he was painting the edges a lot more with his fastball. Uh, kind of throwing to the outside, that glove side of the plate, more with his fastball. So, that's a lot. That's a lot of information about fastballs. Uh, but it just 
it felt like the whole game, every time I looked at the TV, it was a high fastball. It was blowing a fastball or locating a fastball on an edge. It just, every time I looked at the TV, that's kind of what was going on. And that's, sometimes that's, you know, where I'm feeling the storylines of the game like that. Uh, so, uh, okay, that's kind of the me nerding out about fastball usage and stuff like that. Uh, as far as the actual game goes, uh, you know, who's the, who's at fault for the loss here? Uh, some people, some people being hard on Terry Francona, uh, doesn't pinch hit for Naylor late in the game facing a left-hander, uh, Naylor notoriously bad against left-handed pitchers. Uh, what inning was this in, uh, with runners on base? I believe it was in the seventh inning, uh, he would ground out. Uh, against Wandy Peralta. So, yeah, it's hard because Naylor has been so clutch for you, so I understand not wanting to pinch hit for him, but he really does. He really is terrible against left-handed pitching. And so you got to make a decision at some point in the manager, like how important is this guy uh, for the emotional aspect of my team versus i I got to use the practical side of my brain and go, this guy struggles against lefties. We didn't even talk about this. They called up David Fry. And David Fry supposedly is really good at hitting left-handed pitching. And that's why he's here. To give them an option against lefties because they've struggled so much. Now, he's not a huge prospect for them. But that's what he's here to do. Hit left-handed pitching. And he doesn't use them in this one. So I saw some chatter about that. The other thing is the, the Guardians offense was 1 for 10 with runners in scoring position. Once again, we're looking at another game where... They had opportunities. They had guys on base. In fact, there's one inning in this game where they go one, two, three. I mean, leadoff runner, leadoff walk in the first. Second inning, first two guys get on a walk. And, of course, Andres Jimenez is hit by a pitch again. And then three strikeouts in a row from your seven, eight, and nine hitters. Uh, They finally, they do it in the third inning. The one hit with runners in scoring position goes to Josh Naylor. They're shut down one, two, three in the fourth. Uh, it's a one-out single from Jose Ramirez in the fifth. Speaking of that, we're going to come back to that. I'm bringing that back around to my fastball conversation. It's a two-out single from Brennan in the sixth that turns into nothing. Uh, a two-out walk from Ramirez in the seventh. And that's when Naylor, uh, you know, he had the chance against a lefty and couldn't get it done. Uh, Bell with a leadoff single in the eighth, and they can't do anything behind him. And then even in the ninth inning, Ahmed Rosario draws a walk with two outs. And Jose Ramirez is up, and they're like, oh, one swing of the back could. No, we just we don't hit home runs. We just don't hit home runs right now. It's frustrating. It's maddening. You got to hit a few home runs in this game. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, the Guardians gave themselves opportunities. One for ten with runners in scoring position. You know, Francona has said before in interviews that, oh, he's... You know, he's he could do things and mix up the lineup and, and stir things up a little bit. Do it. Do it. Do something. Do something to spark this offense. Because running the same lineup out there night after night does not seem to be working. So I know a lot of you feel like the bullpen lost the game. Karen Check coming in, you know, in a medium to high leverage situation lost the game. But... Frankly, the offense it is not good enough. Two runs in the third inning is not 
good enough. You got to build off that. And instead, they let Cole uh, settle in and go six innings. Only gives up four hard hit balls on the entire day. So the offense definitely has to find more if they want to compete and win these games, no matter what the bullpen's doing. So uh, I wanted to circle back to uh, Jose Ramirez. This is going to bring this conversation full circle because Jose Ramirez just impresses me so much. His IQ at the plate, I know the home run and the power isn't there for him right now, but the things he is doing, we talked about those high fastballs. And in that third inning, the hit that, you know, really turned what was a one-out single into a chance for a rally uh, was a high fastball. Garrett Cole on a 1-2 count throws him one up and out, a high and away pitch, and he goes up and gets this thing, uh, hits it 93.8 miles per hour back up the middle uh, for his single. So a great job of hitting here from Jose Ramirez, of uh, climbing the ladder and going up there and dealing with a high fastball like that. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's fun to watch him hit. It's fun to watch him be smart in, in these at-bats. It's the only fastball he got in the at-bat. It was knuckle curve, knuckle curve, a slider inside for a swinging strike. So he had no reason to expect a high fastball in this, except maybe a scouting report. But he was ready for it. He was absolutely ready for it and shoots it back up the middle. Then in his next at-bat against uh, Garrett Cole, doesn't try to do too much. It's actually a first-pitch knuckle curve, so he was paying attention in the last at-bat because it's exactly the same way he started him in the last at-bat, and he just pokes it out in the left field, 66.8 mile-per-hour exit velocity. Fine. You can give me knuckle curves out there. I'm going to poke him in the left field. So it's at the belt. It's up. He doesn't really have to chase for it. Uh, he can just reach out and shoot this thing in the left field. So continued to be blown away by Jose Ramirez's just intellect at the plate when it comes to hitting. I do wish the power would show back up, though. I do miss those home run pitches. But for right now, at least, you know, Jose Ramirez is doing what he can do uh, to help this offense. So, all right, that's that's really all my thoughts on this one. Uh, like I said, I was obsessed with high fastballs in this game. Uh, Tanner Bybee uh, continues to be impressive in his major league uh, first taste of major league action. Uh, goes five and a third in this one. Four hits, two earned runs, no walks, five strikeouts. He does allow the solo home run on 92 pitches. He's only hard hit five times. Uh, and I, I think, even though, like I said, I was impressed with Ramirez, even though Naylor does have the lone RBI hit, the other run, by the way, comes on an Andres Jimenez uh, fielder's choice with the bases loaded. Uh, grounds out to first base on a first pitch, on an inside pitch, too. He, he tries to turn on it, but ends up hitting something off the handle, something something not square uh, to first base. Rizzo's only play is to really tag the bag. He just he doesn't have a play at the plate, so they get a run across that way. Um, but yeah, so offensively, that you know those were the two guys, but uh, the guy who really impressed me on the night was Tanner Bybee. So MVP on the day is going to Bybee again in his second start. Uh, it was good stuff. I, these young guys, him and Logan Allen, just continue to impress. By the way, Bybee working ahead the entire night. Man, working down the left side of this pitch chart. Nine guys he does start 1-0. Nine guys 1-0. All nine guys comes back 1-1. Not one Hitter in the Yankees lineup gets the 2-0 on him. 
So really impressive stuff from Bybee. MVP on the day. I know he wants more than that, though. He would have loved to have that win. Uh, unfortunately, the offense needs to keep going. They need to keep going. Two runs in the third is not going to be enough. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final. It's the Yankees four, the Guardians two. We'll be back tomorrow. We got Shane Bieber on the mound going for our Guardians. So can we win a series? It's one-to-one. The offense hasn't done much. Can we win a series? You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at ClevelandBaseballMornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Spotify. Link is in the show notes. You can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.